Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Something icy slid along his skin as if he were passing through a wall of cold water. Time stretched out. The cold enveloped one hair at a time, shivered over his clothes, thread by thread. Abruptly, the chill burst like a bubble and he paused to catch his breath. He was inside the ways. Rand, chapter 44, Eye of the World. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. <laughs> and we are the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. But first. But first. There's something that we wanted to say and it was a very special thank you and shout out to our patrons. Mm-hmm. Thank We've you, got- patrons. Yeah, thanks, guys. Our very first patron was Leith. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Finn at the Winking General. <laughs> uh, I can't get through it without laughing. I, I've composed composed myself. Noticed. Winterfell Sedai at the Butterfly Garden Inn. Mm-hmm. Kevin Marksman of Queen Fael's Inn and Tavern. May mm-hmm. she live forever. <laughs> and Kevin was our first patron to go up a tier, and mm-hmm. he's now not an innkeeper but a cargo master. Yay! Our first cargo master. Yes. And I love the ship name that he's chosen. So good. It's the so Victorious Talmanes. Is it Talmanes or Talmans? How, how do people usually say it? I always say Talmanes. I always say Talmanes. So. Either way, he's a fantastic character. Yes. <laughs> like there's so much I appreciate about him. And when I saw this, I was like, yes. Oh, yes, so Kevin. Good. Yeah, like Kevin, literally, you sent me on the most fun search on my phone just for Talmani's goodness, because I was like, oh yeah, I love this guy. So a little refresher. Yeah, it was really great. Thank you, thank you, everyone. We appreciate we love you. it. Thank yeah, you. we have really inexpensive tiers and ones that go up to twenty-five dollars a month, which I mean, I guess could be reasonable. I don't know. Depend- yeah. <laughs> Depending I'm, on, you know, who you are, what you yeah. feel comfortable with. So we, we want to we... make it easy for you. Yes. Yes. And should Indeed. we start? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So chapter 43 is called Decisions and Apparitions. And we are taking place immediately from the previous chapter where Loyal was saying, Oh no, we can't go into the ways. We'll all die. We'll die. And we're left with this like dun 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 end 100%. of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rand kind of pipes up and he's like, I want to know what the ways is. What is this about? And we get this. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. This is a very, very long chapter mm-hmm. and most of it is describing the ways i'm mm-hmm. gonna try and summarize it as well as i can without taking forever okay so after the breaking of the world male channelers get the taint they can't channel without becoming mad so they find refuge in ogier settings mm-hmm. and after a while they decide they want to leave the settings because being cut off from the one power it's a wrongness. It's mm-hmm. a feeling of being 
hampered with something. So as a parting gift to the good Ogier who have left them this solitude, mm-hmm. they decided to build the ways as a gift. And each setting has a way gate, and this offers fast travel between two points. Mm -hmm. So once you enter, time and space are a little bit different, and you can travel great distances, ending up in a different Ogier-built city. Mm -hmm. And these were built hand-in-hand between the Ogier and the male channelers. But now the ways is tainted. We don't know for sure, but it's possibly tainted from Sidene, from the taint mm-hmm. on Sidene. Um, and these beautiful portals, I guess, they were once this idyllic place to travel and you could take your time and mm-hmm. sleep there and eat there. I think there was fruit you could pick and it mm-hmm. sounded very nice. And now it's fouled. So those who go in come out overwhelmed by madness, raving about the black wind. Mm-hmm. I think Loyal says soulless mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. and there's this threat of machin chin the black mm-hmm. wind so now all ogier forbid themselves from traveling the ways mm-hmm. and after hearing all this Nynaeve is pissed she's like moraine you can't be serious mm-hmm. we're not doing this moraine kind of explains you know look we're completely surrounded we can't get out of the city the queen's blessing in is being watched by white cloaks and mm-hmm. the white cockade crew. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have another option. Nynaeve says this really nice quote that the Dark One may be at the brink of victory. There's enough power in the eye of the world to undo his prison. If the Dark One has found some way to bend the eye of the world to his use, dot, 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 we have to go there. Mm -hmm. And this is coming all on the heels of the story of the Tinkers who Mm -hmm. had the story about a dying Aiel woman saying that the Dark One intends on blinding the eye or Mm -hmm. destroying the eye. And then Rand and Matt and Perrin are like, oh, well, Baalzaman in our dreams has Mm -hmm. been saying stuff about the eye and then there was another group that had been saying something about the eye and all of these tales are coming you know one was like 20 years ago one was recently in their dream so Mm -hmm. all this time has built up and I'm I'm kind of thinking like okay is this a trap you know is Mm -hmm. the dark one trying to pull them there yeah like herd them towards a dangerous location and you know the dark one is just sitting there biding his time and time is just a construct for him so this could be like putting these little plans into action for however many years we don't know thousands of years to plan this out exactly exactly Rand kind of stands up and he's like I'll do it and then everyone else has this oh captain my captain you know (laughs) moment and they're all like stands up on a table yeah we're doing it and so the whole crew is down and Moraine is like okay well um Master Gil I need you to go collect some things for me and he's making a list because obviously they can't travel they don't want anyone to see them mm-hmm. Moraine says something about the green man and Loyal's like oh, I want to see the green man mm-hmm. and Loyal's just like Taviran all the way like he's in mm-hmm. he's definite well no he's not in he's like super spooked about it mm-hmm. but he also really wants to follow I think on this I don't think he can adventure. resist it yeah mm-hmm. like he even says something about how elder haman wouldn't even be able to resist 
the pull of Tavirin and the idea of seeing the eye of the world and the green man like you can see his he's like me you can see his scholarly brain and the Mm -hmm. lack of desire to miss out on a good opportunity warring with this legit fear of walking into the ways so exactly yeah I would be the same way and how lucky are they that they found the one Ogier right be like I think I'll do this. You yeah, know, like who is well read on the on the ways already because he mm-hmm. has a head full of travel desires. Like he's, it's Tavirin. It's he's not a plot wan- armor. It's Tavirin. <laughs> he's a bookish, wanderlusty Ogier. <laughs> I feel like Loyal and I would get along so well. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be a breakout fan favorite. I think so, too. I think it would be really hard for him not to be, truthfully. The actor, I think, has a lot of theater experience. Well, really? many of them in the in, that have been cast, but I'm excited. I'm Me excited too. to see Loyal. So the group gets ready for bed, and Matt and Rand's dreams are once again infiltrated by Baal Zaman. And this is the point where I'm like, okay, all right. Another dream sequence. Okay. So this this one does... I was just going to say, this is actually not my least favorite dream sequence. You know? I was going to say the same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just because there's actually some really interesting, like, little nuggets hidden in there. Yeah. And Rand is in, in the same place that he's been before in this dream. It's creepy. He's sees these little I want to say like clay type Mm -hmm. figures and Mm -hmm. they kind of seem like little voodoo dolls (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and but Alzaman is you know telling him like we've done this song and dance thousands of times and you always either kneel or Mm -hmm. end up wishing you would have Mm -hmm. and but Alzaman I think he mentions that he has set up the Black Aja within the White Tower for the past 2,000 years. (laughs) And he's trying to tell Rand, do not trust these Aes Sedai. And this is something that haunts Rand throughout Uh this entire series. Oh, your coffee cup! (laughs) Sorry. adorable? (laughs) It's so pretty. I really like it. It was kind of accidental that I grabbed it for this morning, but I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. It's our our white tower tarot. I really like it. I really like the smug. Anyways, Rand (laughs) is remembering Moraine's words to deny him. Mm -hmm. So Rand's like, no, kick rocks by Alzamon, as he's done (laughs) multiple times. Mm -hmm. And he smashes one of the clay figures and then injures his hand in the process. And this kind of pulls him out of his dream. Mm-hmm. So now Rand is awake with a splinter in his hand that he has pulled from the dream. Matt is muttering to himself and also wakes up from the same dream. Only in Matt's dream, Matt picked up the clay figure that was of himself. Mm-hmm. And now he's saying that Balzaman knows who he is. And as he was holding the figure, it was like he was touching his own skin. So this is very voodoo doll-ish, yeah. in my opinion. And the fact that it it morphed to have his face. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that may have been the thing that creeped Matt out the most, is he was like, he has my face. And I'm like, oh, yes. that would creep me out, too. Yeah. Exactly. So 
the boys have felt like they've only slept for an hour and Moraine comes in to tell them like, hey, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're so tired. We just went to bed. And she's like, no, you've been sleeping for hours. Mm-hmm. While they were in this dream, time has been distorted for them. Mm-hmm. And this concludes this chapter. I just wanted to point something out. It was almost 13 pages mm-hmm. of this chapter, and it's all exposition. <laughs> we are learning all about the eye of the world. Mm-hmm. We have another dream sequence. And this got me thinking how on earth the TV show is going to be able to pull all of this off mm-hmm. without just having an entire episode's worth of mm-hmm. storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be one of the problems. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I were trying to set this up, I don't know how I would do it without making it too long. Mm-hmm. This is vital information, but it's mostly undramatic. Mm-hmm. There's not too much action or conflict, maybe, and we're left with all of this information and it's not really advancing Mm-hmm. the story so this is something on a reread that I really struggled with interesting I lost some of the excitement for traveling the ways mm-hmm. because we just got this entire story about what it's like so I'm like okay things aren't gonna go good obviously <laughs> right <laughs> I mean Loyal flat out says they're gonna die the moment it's mentioned as a traveling option so yeah right yeah but I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how they'll pull this off in TV format. I'm kind of wondering if it might be something where maybe they're on their way to the way gate and it gets kind of quietly explained why they're going there and the dangers that they're going to face. So then there's still movement, but it's telling the story at the same time. But I'm not a screenwriter of any kind. So I really don't, yeah, that's I really just my don't main... know how right. you, because I was kind of wondering too, like, are we even going to get the ways in the show? Will it be something that they use as one of the transportation methods of the Westlands of the Wheel mm-hmm. of Time world? So I personally would love to see the ways, but I can totally see just cutting them out and not really. No, wait, I don't know. We'll get let's, into yeah, it in the spoiler section. Yeah, let's talk about section. that later. Because, yeah, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, later. Okay. The one thing but, that I, I'm so oh. sorry. I just wanted to say one thing about the chapter, which was the splinter in Rand's hand and how mm-hmm. he had brought it back from the dream. And I was like, but you were in a dream. How can you bring that back? And then for him to pull it and it just disappear when it leaves his hand, I was like, okay. That's a nice little bit of creep factor there. Like, how did it happen? And then it's immediately gone. And then him just sitting and Doesn't gushing. It om- oh, that's a spoiler. I'll write it down. <laughs> but him, like, standing there and pushing the blood out of his hand, wanting to get rid of the last vestige of this encounter with Balsamon. Like, he wants it gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally understandable. But I'm I'm very fascinated by the world of dreams versus real life and what works and what doesn't and we should we should definitely talk more about that later. Okay. We'll get into that in the spoiler section. One of my favorite things from this chapter was Moraine talking about how during the breaking of the world when these male channelers sought refuge within the setting, many people believed that this was a bad thing and mm-hmm. that it prolonged the breaking of the world because mm-hmm. After these men left the setting, they all 
had succumbed to the taint and the madness mm-hmm. on Sidene. So Moraine is like, well, no, I'm not a red sister. I am of the blue Aja. And she's saying like, loyal, I'm one who believed that the men who sought refuge in the Ogier settings actually really helped. Mm-hmm. So this was, I remember when I was first reading this, I think the first concrete moment that we get some definition between the Ajas. Mm -hmm. I think we have heard a little bit about the Reds before, but it's kind of in passing. And Mm -hmm. here we get something a little bit more weighty about it. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's just really exciting. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, we just met Elida, who we have found out is Red Aja. And Mm -hmm. so knowing more about what Ajas do what and how they differentiate themselves early on, I think is really helpful. Because I mean, really... We only have Moraine and Elida that we've met so far. Is that right? So a blue and a red. Mm-hmm. And so there are five other Ajas to still come and explore as the series goes on. And I, I love that. So uh, I'm going to move on to chapter 44, yeah. The Dark Along the Ways. And everyone gets pulled together in the stable yard, stumbling in the dark to reach the stables. There has been a... Smackdown on the idea of having even one light to show their way from the end to the stable yard. And I love Loyal, who's got like about the cutest grumble ever. And he says, we don't go running about in the dark in the steading. I'm an Ogier, not a cat. I'm sorry, Loyal. No one was going to confuse you for a cat anyway. But it's still real funny. The secret door in the stable, I think, is really interesting and maybe says far more about Basil Gill than... I was going to say the same thing. Maybe Maybe he learned a thing or two from Tom, it feels like. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, is this their connection? Like, are they both actually secret sneaky, sneaky guys? And this is what they do? Because I was trying to figure out, why would you have a secret passage unless you did secret things? Because he even says Mm -hmm. no one outside the stable knows anything about this door. Do you think that's how Tom sneaks back in to Camelin? Probably. If he wants wants to get in there? Yeah. throw on a disguise and in through the doors? Yeah. And just, I mean, if anyone can do it, Tom can do it. Absolutely. I was immediately like, hmm. And I've never thought about it that way before. I was always just like, oh, okay, of course he has like a secret weird stable door and Mm -hmm. didn't think anything more about it. But of course, when you're like digging through every little piece of it, I was like, oh, hmm. Loyal is able to weigh his find to the way gate that they are looking for, but he isn't explaining, he isn't able to (laughs) explain. You said Loyal is able to weigh his find. <laughs> that sounds about right for me. Yeah. I think, are people just listening to us to hear how we can't talk? <laughs> That's actually the appeal of our podcast is we are barely able to get words out <laughs> in any way that makes sense. Okay, so Loyal is able to find his way, not weigh his find, although... Who knows? Uh, to the way gate. And he isn't ex- able to explain how he is able to do this. He just claims that he does. And explaining it would be like trying to explain how to breathe. And I'm, I am curious about how the Ogier have this like physical connection to the ways. And I don't know mm-hmm. if we ever get 
a reason for it. But I mean, as Loyal puts it, it would be like explaining how to breathe. So I guess we don't really need an explanation. It just is. Lorraine said that they, the Ogier were given a talisman. Mm-hmm. A talisman of growing, I believe mm-hmm. is what it's called. And so maybe, maybe it's that's just like connection? they can feel the, feel the growth. Feel the life, or I, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. maybe. I don't know. I, I find it really intriguing. It's, it's another... just like waters, like, oh, I can sense shadow spawn. Yeah. Wow. Do, do, do. Mm-hmm. I have an internal shadow spawn alarm, and Loyal mm-hmm. has an internal Waygate GPS system. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Actually, it isn't. Whatever. Um, <laughs> don't mind me. Uh, so Loyal leads them to a cellar door. And Moraine magics the lock away, which I think is pretty great because they all are just like, hmm, mm-hmm. of course you did that. And it really hits home how far they have come since they left Emmons Field. They just kind of take this for granted that she can create a light and get rid of this lock without doing any damage whatsoever. And at first I started thinking about this, like, because Moraine gets down into the cellar. And so there's Moraine and Lan. And our whole Emmons Field crew and Loyal and all their horses and at least one pack horse. And they're in a cellar. And she says there is plenty of room for all of them. And I'm like, who has a cellar like this? It's just ridiculous. But then I started. Also, like, how weird is it that the Waygate is in a cellar? Right. I mean, some guy was like, oh, I'll just build my cellar here. Right. Like, for real? Well, okay. So I started reading a little bit more into the details of how this cellar is described. And I think the closest it would potentially come to what we have in our world would be a cistern. We had also talked, I think, last week or the week before about how often, especially in Europe, old pieces of architecture get incorporated into new pieces of architecture. Rand's observing that the stone all looks like it's various ages. So my guess is if someone came in, saw the way gate and we're like oh well there's not a grove here anymore let's build a giant cistern for water and then you have this amazing cellar slash basement that when you start remodeling a city can and often does become Mm -hmm. a cellar and so i'm gonna i'll put up like a picture of the basilica cistern excuse me so that people can kind of see it it's a far fancier one than i think that they are in because it's described as like being brick columns and i don't know who else is like an architect geek like me but it was just the idea of trying to fit all of those horses and all of those people mm-hmm. into a cellar and i was like what the hell is going on here and no, then- this is this is like a very common thing though i mean after world war ii here in germany everything was destroyed so people were just walking around and taking bricks from wherever and building their houses with them so it's like oh okay like you could be building your house with bricks from a cathedral or something right you know who knows? And who knows? So I I really appreciate Great these... point. Yeah, I appreciate these layers of our real world slid in here for us to take a step further and find out a little bit more about. And I personally think cisterns are really cool and kind of creepy, but someday maybe I'll get a chance to see one Welcome for real. Welcome to the Wheel of Time, a cistern <laughs> podca- podcast. What? <laughs> 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 I didn't even say it right. We're the welcome to the road to Tarvalin. Uh, all your needs on cisterns. Cisterns and are met. Yeah, bricks and <laughs> architecture. 
<laughs> we do like the architecture that goes into this series, though, and I think it's such an integral part of the series that makes mm -hmm. it so cool to be in it. It makes it so much more immersive, and when you can put an actual image to what you're seeing, it just makes it feel more solid and real. So Moraine finds the gateway, and she is able to use the key to open it, which is a stone that looks like the Avendisor. Sora, Aventasora leaf. Did yeah, I say it yeah, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so Rand has observed that it didn't look any different from anything else, but when she pulls the key away, everything changes and things start to kind of like move on the carving. Magic, magic. I love magic, 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 magic is so fun. So a split opened in the middle of the ancient carving, widening as the two halves slowly swung into the cellar until they stood straight out. Behind where should have been dirt or the cellar of the next building, a dull reflective shimmering faintly caught their images. And I think so much about like sci-fi movies where like people kind of jump through like weird gel-like reflective surfaces. You are reading my mind right now. This is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You know, twin it's, it's brain. It's like twin brain. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's the ring gates. It's like the ring gates. Right, that's when exactly goes through what the ring gates, of. He goes through this like bubble. Yeah. Kind of. And it, it's totally this idea of stepping into your own reflection to pass from one place into another. And it's the imagery of that fascinates me, and it's one that we see in various different sci-fi fantasy forms and in more places throughout the series, which we will talk about later. Entering the ways is terrifying, and it's this shivery, cold, lonely, in a way, experiencing leaving the world that they know for the consuming darkness of this chosen path. The darkness of the ways seems to eat the light of their lanterns, and everyone gets, like, really close together. And there are too many unknowns in this situation for anyone to feel very comfortable. And the ways look like it's they're falling apart. Like, there are pockmarks on the stone. Mm -hmm. I think Rand says something about how it looks like there's been an acid rain that has eaten things away. Land gives a, one of his infamous pep talks <laughs> as Loyal is kind of muttering about how horrible this is. So he says, the Dark One cannot be defeated without chancing risks. That's right, right? Duh. Right? <laughs> but we are alive at the okay, moment. Okay, Captain Obvious. We'll, we'll add that to Land's <laughs> list of titles. Manhandle Landrigorin, uh, Captain Obvious. But we are alive at the moment, and before us is the hope of remaining alive. Do not surrender before you are beaten, Ogier. Thanks, Lan. But Loyal is not having any of it, and he's like, mm -mm. dude, if you knew what happened to people, you would not be saying this right now. So everything seems to be going more or less okay as they're traveling along the ways. And yeah, it's dark and scary, but Rand's all of a sudden being very Rand-like and saying, it's not so bad. Traveling the ways is almost boring. You Why? know, you can't say that, right? You, you, can't, you can't say, say that, that, Rand. It was the best belt I never. <laughs> It was not the best spell time ever. I mean, maybe for the Trollocs it was super fun. Yeah, but, but they had a blast. Think, yeah, I don't think the villagers were having a good time. So, of course, just moments after Rand has this thought, Loyal is like, 
And their bridge has ended in this massive gap and they can't reach the other side. And so now their way forward has been Mm -hmm. cut short. And I didn't really go into any detail about what the ways are like. They're dark and confusing and tricky to traverse. I think that's about. Yeah. I don't want to overextend it. Hopefully people are reading the book, so I don't really feel like I need to go into super detail. But that's where chapter 44 ends up. And we move over to chapter 45. What follows the shadows. Mm. So we are left at this broken bridge with the gap. And Loyal, his heart is broken. And he thinks, yeah, he thinks, oh, this beautiful ways that used to be a once wonderful thing has now succumbed to this darkness and it's broken and Moraine is kind of like don't worry loyal like this was just something that was built recently and Mm -hmm. broken so loyal is struggling he suggests you know let's go to Tarvalin or setting Shangtai instead but Moraine is just laser focused on Faldara and the eye of the world. Mm -hmm. We see the group travel and rest and the mood is very glum. Moraine tries to kind of lighten everyone's mood by talking about Tom. Mm -hmm. And she says, I think Tom is still alive because no one in Whitebridge mentioned a dead Gleeman. We learn from Min that Tom is a part of the pattern. Mm hmm. So it turns out that Min saw a vision about Tom and all of the Emmons fielders. Mm -hmm. This side note, I think it was at this point that Egwene was like, who's Min? Mm -hmm. And Rand is like, she wears boys pants and she has short hair. (laughs) So this is, yeah, another theme. What kind of response is that? I know, right? It might not even be this chapter. But. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is in this <laughs> okay. chapter. Yeah, because I think Matt even says something about it, how he's like, mm-hmm. I didn't really get a good look at her, but she was pretty, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. all right, guys, yeah. whatever. So Moraine says, whether what Min does is old or new, she sees true. Your fates are bound together. Tom Maryland's too. And I don't know if she meant for that to rhyme, but it But did. it was it was quite lyrical. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so Matt jokes and he's like, Yeah, Min was more interested in Rand, not the vision. And Egwene's like, meh. And then Perrin's <laughs> like, Hey, remember you flirting with Aram? Mm-hmm. And Matt's like, oh, yeah, remember Rand and Elsa Grinwell? And, like, the boys are all, like, elbowing each other and all chummy. And they kind of go to bed in a more, like, jovial mood until the reality sets in about where they are. Mm -hmm. And Moraine does her best. She kind of flits from each one in the group and tells them that they're safe in her presence and kind of has this nice little calming effect on everyone. She's she's actually just walking around with a vial of peppermint and lavender oil and (laughs) essential oils, essential oils. Their temples. Her staff is like a vaporizer. (laughs) It's the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the group wakes up and they set off again and then Lan senses something following them, but he can't tell if it serves the dark one or not. And Loyal stops him from going to investigate because he says, like, look, Lan, Mm -hmm. if you take off, you'll never find us again. Yep. 
Yeah. Like that'll be the end of land I th- I think man he... handle. Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious. Dragoran. Mm-hmm. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So as they are traveling along, Moraine finds Trolloc runes, so like Trolloc language, marking the guideposts and figures out how the Trollocs have been traveling unnoticed. They Mm -hmm. were taking the ways. Mm -hmm. Some of the Trollocs litter the ways their dead bodies had been turned to stone. We are told that it's presumably by a trap set by the male channelers Mm -hmm. who built the ways. And I think Matt throws up. Someone does. Matt would make sense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, he seems to be the one who has his nerves like... (laughs) above and beyond poor guy but yeah i'm pretty sure it's matt who throws up so at this point moraine is kind of checking every guidepost and investigating and they're not moving very fast Mm -hmm. and rand is like hey i hear wind Mm -hmm. and loyal needs to change his underwear (laughs) um it's Machin Shin, the black wind, and they all run for their lives. And the wind gets louder, and they find the exit, but the key is gone, and everyone's panicking. And Moraine turns her staff into a lightsaber, right? And she starts swinging it around, and it's kind of like got this like black smoke going, and everyone is just panicking. They find the spot to where they are supposed to exit the way gate. Mm -hmm. They don't have a key, so Moraine cuts through the stone of the wall. Mm -hmm. And everyone exits first with Moraine guarding from behind, Mm -hmm. like facing off with Machin Shin. Mm -hmm. And then Lan (laughs) is on Mandarv, and I don't know why this is so comical to me, but like the horse rears up and just like bursts through the wall, Mm -hmm. and they make it to the other side. And I think at the very last minute, Lan is like ready to go back and get her, Mm -hmm. but then she makes it through. Yeah. The group exits. Egwene is questioning Moraine about the Black Wind, and Moraine says no one knows for sure. Maybe something was trapped inside the ways, or mm-hmm. maybe it was born there from the taint. But regardless, she will have Lord Agelmar close the gate. And they are now in the borderlands on the outskirts of Faldara. And something that I, I'm not going to recite, mm-hmm. but... The black wind, like the words that it's saying is creepy. creepy. It's like, yeah, it's like flesh so fine, so, so fine, the flesh tear. so sweet to tear. Yeah. And it's like, uh, okay, like mm-hmm. I've had enough. Yeah. Machin chin, chill. Um, <laughs> but I think this was a pretty action packed chapter. Mm-hmm. We're learning a lot about how the Trollocs have been seeming to just kind of teleport all over the Westlands. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, okay, like they're taking the ways. Now it makes sense. So now we can't use the ways anymore. We've mm-hmm. got Machin Shin. We've got Trollocs traveling there. So I think for now, like, I don't think we're going to be traveling the ways anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, this was a really great way for them to do a long trip Fast quickly. travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm just like, was it worth it? Was it worth it? I mean, maybe maybe it is. I don't know. It just seems really dangerous. And I don't know if I were given an option to back out of that situation, if I would have mm. still gone along. You know? 
Like I think I think the moment well, they, I saw they those couldn't, summary... they couldn't turn back. Like yeah, Maureen but I mean, wouldn't like, let them. Aguin and Nynaeve could have potentially mm. made different Stayed choices. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I don't. Me personally, if someone had been like, you can do magic and all you have to do is show up at Tarvalon and they're going to start training you, I'd be like, well, you know what, guys? It's been fun, but mm-hmm. I can do magic. I'm going to Tarvalon. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. They're they're I, all lovely for feeling so loyal to each mm-hmm. other and not loyal think, the ogre. Loyal as an L-O-Y. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Nynaeve is playing the role of the protector yes she has to keep eyes on moraine mm-hmm. because so she's that's worried why about she's what there. moraine will do to exactly fielders yes and Egwene, i'm not exactly sure what her motivation is at this point because like you said tarvalin probably would seem very inviting mm-hmm. but i think she's seeing two people that she kind of I, I don't want to say idolize, but like looks up to. Definitely. Which is Moraine and Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. And she's probably thinking to herself, well, if they're going, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. she's confident in herself. Mm-hmm. And she knows that Moraine is very strong. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's not as worried as the others. But I do think in this chapter, it might be this chapter, she was sobbing mm-hmm. at one point, And Nynaeve was kind of you know, they're thereing mm-hmm. her and like patting her on the back and comforting her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I admire them all for doing what they all do. It It's, I don't know. I think that's really just what it comes down to because I don't know if those are choices that I would make. Especially, I mean, I was a book nerdy 16-year-old. <laughs> There's no way I would have done something like this. So it's... It's lovely that there are so many different personalities. The other thing that I was thinking about is that these are the last ties to home for Egwene in so many ways, too. So leaving this group and going off on her own. Well, I mean, she could always just go home. That's true, (laughs) too. (laughs) She has options. She has options. She has a family back at home. Like, Mm -hmm. Nynaeve doesn't. Nynaeve is an orphan. So I feel like she's kind of projecting this knowing what it was like to be an orphan she probably Mm. just wants to make sure that no one has to go through any unnecessary trauma she's just so protective like that and Egwene is just you know she's like a little fireball (laughs) she's ready to Mm -hmm. throw down and be in the live in the moment Mm -hmm. and and do it full-heartedly she doesn't half-ass anything and I appreciate that about her so we are now chapter 46, Faldara. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Sorry. I don't this, know. This chapter was amazing. <gasps> I loved every second of it. I almost felt bad for snagging it for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going like... to lie. When I did my two chapters, I was like, how in the fuck am I going to talk about these? I don't even care about the stupid ways. It's 13 pages long. Don't care. You did a really good job. I went I went back after reading it mm-hmm. and listened to my chapters Ooh. on the audiobook because mm-hmm. I didn't retain a thing. Yeah. Does listening to it that way help? I think my problem when I was reading it, I was getting really sidetracked Mm -hmm. and you know when you read 
like a whole page and you're like, I have no idea. My mind was wandering. I don't mm-hmm. even remember when, when I stopped paying mm-hmm. attention. <laughs> so when I went back and listened, I think Michael Kramer, he's so lively in some of the chapters mm-hmm. and especially this black wind mm-hmm. narration mm-hmm. where he's saying the words of Ma Chin Chin. Like mm-hmm. it's good. Okay. It's chilling. It's good. But yeah, there's some moments where maybe the audiobooks helps a little bit, but yeah. Good to know. Both. Yeah. Huh. I know I have all of the audiobooks. Maybe I need to start doing both. We'll see what happens. There's always a lot going on. And my ears are almost always covered with stuff for our show. So Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Feldara, we're really excited to be in the Borderlands, and I honestly don't know if I would be this excited about the Borderlands if it weren't for... Anyone want to guess? <laughs> New Spring? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> do we ever I stop like, talking about New Spring? Do, do we, we ever? We just need like a, like a button that says it. <laughs> like those, uh, those red buttons. What was the place that had them? And you could like push it and it said something like that was easy or something stupid we need one like that that says new spring <laughs> so lan is the one that tells them that they are now in shinar and in his hard voice was a note that said home almost and oh, my heart this moment with lan and oh okay So they travel through this very barren and abandoned countryside. All the farms they see are empty of people. And they speculate as to what may have happened and how long they were gone. And Aguina and Nynaeve are like, the curtain's stupid. And Perrin's like, the rest on the the side? Is that how you say Mm -hmm. it? The side? Guys, I can't believe you missed that. So maybe about two Mm -hmm. weeks that they've been gone? Mm Mm-hmm. And Rand's like... I have better eyesight than Perrin. How, How the hell can does he, he see, see that? that? <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, like he says he tries not to stare at him. Perrin definitely would have noticed because, you know, mm-hmm. it's Perrin now. Golden eyes. Golden eyes. They arrive in Faldara and it is not what at least three fourths of the party expected. That's at mm-hmm. least my. My estimation, Lan immediately is recognized. You can't walk into any borderland city with your face covered up. Lan, Lan, will the golden crane fly again? <laughs> Daishan, Lan, will the golden crane fly? <laughs> Did you like that narration? I loved it. <laughs> That's exactly how I pictured it. <laughs> Me too. Like, I... I almost feel this layer of joy and hopefulness when people address land. It's reminding me of Beauty and the Beast where they're like, bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) I need six eggs. That's too expensive. Isn't that how it goes? Yes. I'm ashamed of myself at He's the He's just getting bombarded with Completely. people. Completely. And like one soldier is even running alongside his horse and is like, Lan! <laughs> <laughs> and poor Lan is like, peace, Regan, peace. <laughs> and I, lo- I love that this is how in the Borderlands, they basically use peace I don't know. For me, in some ways, it feels like how I use the word fuck. It's interchangeable with so many things and has Mm -hmm. so many applications. But I love that it's the idea of peace that comes out above everything for nations that know 
nothing but violence for the most mm-hmm. part. That was the the first part. The second one was loyal. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Glory to the builders. <laughs> it was so good. And like you like you Oh loyal. I got a little bit emotional here. Not gonna lie. I think back to his entrance to Camelin, which still has the remnants of an mm-hmm. Ogier built city. And the people there think Loyal is a trollic and mm-hmm. attack him. And in Chayanar in Feldara, where everything that had once been ogre built, they they know what a trollic looks like in the borderlands. Fuck okay? yeah, they do. There is no mistake. To <laughs> they be made. decorate their parties with trollic heads. Remember, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it's hey, like, honey. oh, we're having a Beltine celebration. Right? Let's hang a couple trollic heads out on the fence <laughs> post so everyone knows where the party's at. It's Kathy's 16th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> How many it's, trollic it's, heads should we have? <laughs> 16, clearly. <laughs> I don't know why I had to ask. <laughs> it's like balloons. Yeah, but they also. Even though the Trolloc Grove has been destroyed, even though all of the Ogier-built cities have been destroyed, they remember the Ogiers. They remember them as the builders. They are immediately mm-hmm. like, glory to the builders. And Loyal's like, oh, you know me. And I just love that for him. And Loyal responds in the old tongue. And it's just, it's a beautiful moment. It really is. And I mean, these soldiers... I am impressed with these soldiers who recognize Lan, who know an Ogier when they see one and can at least speak pieces of the old tongue. The Borderland sounds like, other than the Trollocs and shit, the Borderland sounds like a pretty good place to be. Except for that Melchiori <laughs> weird virginity thing going on. Mm. That's true. There are definitely some very bizarre Borderland customs. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. that would be a fun episode. Okay, I'm going to get back into this. So we have found all the farmers and their families, and they are in the city. And this is not a city bursting with like joy and activity and mm-hmm. happiness to be there. And it's not even the kind of tension that was happening in Camelin of groups facing off against each other. This has the air of a refugee camp. Everyone is mm-hmm. there because they face almost certain death, which kind of comes mm-hmm. up later on. As they walk through the city, as they arrive at the fortress, it is obvious that there is a battle about to happen, and these are the preparations that are taking mm-hmm. place. Once they arrive at the keep, Ingtar comes to greet them. Lan knows him, so mm-hmm. I don't. Does Moraine know him as well, or is it just Lan that knows? I'm not sure, but Moraine definitely knows Lord Agolmar, mm-hmm. so maybe she's met him in like passing. A, possibly. Lan asks Ingtar if things are as bad as they seem. And my thought is marching to Tarwin's Gap isn't just a song in the Borderlands because this is what they're getting ready for. And this is mm-hmm. in the Borderlands. This is the big bad fight. It's, area. Not that, it's not that they just recognize Lan. They were literally waiting on him. Yeah. Yeah. And once they get past all of these things and I actually really I wanted to to kind of touch on the description of the fortifications of this 
particular fortress because this feels so extreme and at the same time it's exactly what these areas need so there's a dry moat deep and wide it's bottom a forest of sharp steel spikes razor edged and as tall as a man surrounded the towered walls of the keep and there is a heavy portcullis i personally just love the word portcullis <laughs> it's so good but it has like those sharp we can points. say portcullis but we can't say wagon so. <laughs> <laughs> or architecture for that matter we can say avondasora i know but but simple <laughs> things it's because we're so advanced, Amber. That's really what it is. We're just too smart. Thank you. <laughs> we're, t- we're so smart, we can't even say the things we want to say. It's... I'm shaking my head. No, but <laughs> yes, I hope. I feel like I'm on something. Mm-hmm. So they are, Ingtar brings them to Lord Algomar. I find it interesting that when Moraine first first mentions Algomar, she... See, here we go. Port Cullis or Algomar? Algomar... <sighs> Algomar and or Algomar knows Lan and Moraine and greets them warmly, enthusiastically. Like you said, they were waiting, hoping Lan mm-hmm. would show up, but Moraine tells him that they are not there to help with the battle that he is planning, that Lord Algomar is putting mm-hmm. into place at this moment, that they have a far more important battle to face, and all they need is a night's refreshment and some supplies, and they're leaving for the blight in the morning. And he's like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, I need you, Lan. If you raise your banner, thousands of men will come and fight at Tarwin's Gap, and maybe that will be enough to save Faldara. This battle that they're about to go partake in, I don't know how to talk mm-hmm. about war stuff. He is worried <laughs> enough that it has already been declared that everyone in Faldara is leaving. I have so much, I have so much for the spoiler section on this. I'm, I'm like, I can't, I can't I'm jumping wait. at it. I, I can't hold myself back when we're talking about it. I'm, I'm going to try to get through it quickly because I, I really want to get to the spoiler section as well. But I feel for Lord Algomar and for Lan in this situation because Algomar is basically telling Lan there is a very real possibility that at the end of this battle, there will no longer be a Shinar, that it will join Malkier as one mm-hmm. of the lost nations of the borderland to the blight. And Lan is so upset about this, he crushes his silver goblet. The waitress just like brings him a new one. Is this... <laughs> Is this, this like typical land? This must happen all the time. Like all of these warriors are constantly angry, but trying not to cr- to show it. Yeah. So they constantly have a spare set. They never, they never have like the good. <laughs> they're giving, they're giving him ten cups now because it's just like, oh god, another one crushed again. Fucking land. They stopped giving him glass ages ago when he kept like shredding his hands. <laughs> No crystal goblets for you. So anyway, Lan cannot swerve away from what he's doing, no matter the emotional cost. And I mean, seriously, isn't this how it always goes for Lan? My heart Mm -hmm. goes out to him so much, so often. But they have to go find the green man. They have to go find the eye of the world. And Moray just kind of casually mentions this will be her second time meeting him. She knows where to go because she's been Mm -hmm. there before. And or I'm sorry, Algamar is like, um and she goes excuse me yeah and she's like need is the thing that will get us there and i also have an ogier side eye loyal they know that this is what needs to happen and algomar Mm -hmm. is like 
peace. <laughs> if there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do to convince you, let's eat food. So they all hang out. They have a nice time for a little bit until Ingtar comes back. And <laughs> this just kills me. He's like, so, hey, remember how you told me to come get you if I saw anything weird? Mm-hmm. This might be a small thing, but we caught this guy trying to scale our incredibly fortified as fuck fortress. And mm-hmm. we thought we should probably let you know about it. And Algobar is like, he's like. What the fuck, guys? That's not Moron. a small thing. And how could he get there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Aren't you being, like, aware of what's happening? Your soldiers, your guards, what are you doing? So I I just find Apparently, this Apparently, they're not doing their job. Right. Or this or. man is very crafty, crafty. Crafty, crafty. Ingtar says that he can bring the gentleman, gentleman, this person that they've they've captured to Algomar. Algomar says everyone else can go. Moraine's like, no, I'm interested. I want to see what's happening. They bring in a man who is more rags and filth than man. And he starts to speak. And I think it's first Matt, then Perrin, then Rand all recognize it's Pot and Fane. Matt says it first. Matt's like, the peddler. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh my gosh. And Rand's like, oh, the crazy guy from in Camelin. So, Oh yeah, and then Matt, <laughs> Matt's like, the peddler. And Rand's like, the beggar. <laughs> right? They all, they all kind of recognize him mm-hmm. from different spaces, but this is still the same person. And what I think is really interesting is how we see Pot and Fane go from shriveling, sniveling, cowardly, yes. whiny to imperious. I will tell you how to defeat the Dark One, my lord. I have all of these ideas. And he is like slathering him with flattery and the opportunity for glory. And Algomar mm-hmm. is like, I think we got it. We've mm-hmm. been battling in the Borderlands for, I don't know, centuries. And I don't know who the fuck you think you are to tell me how to do this. But it ends up with Moraine being like, I need to examine him now. And mm-hmm. we may have less time than I even thought we had. So dun, dun, dun. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of where that chapter ends off. And I just, I would like to just acknowledge how cool the Borderlanders are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They know poetry. They know the old tongue. They know Ogier on a set on site. They're badasses. I'm not gonna lie. I was almost going to challenge your quote that you picked mm. for the poetry that Lan was reciting. It's very good. But you know, you know me. I, I'll always go for <laughs> one of these flowery Lan chapters. But I love that, and I love that we we keep getting these little. Who the fuck is Lan moments throughout, Mm -hmm. like this chapter in particular, because we have that indication of home. We have him knowing people, people knowing him on site, him being called Lord of the Seven Towers and Daishan and all of these things. And then he spouts poetry at dinner Mm -hmm. and everyone's just like, who are you? So I like that this mystery behind Lan is there and we see it and I love that we were able to read so much about who he is when he's in the borderlands before Mm -hmm. this before he's bonded to Maureen and that's all I've got okay all right that's it so break break time break break okay I'm gonna be fast yes hey friends I know this isn't our usual ad however 
Amber and I wanted to share with you that things are growing and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. First, we finally joined the world of Patreon and would love your support. We have four tiers ranging from $3 a month to $25 a month. To thank you for your support, there are perks for each tier, including exclusive merchandise not sold in our Threadless shop. You can find out more about each tier and how you can support us at Patreon backslash RoadToTarvalin.com or just click on the link in the show notes. Second, our Threadless shop is overflowing with beautiful designs and various items to put them on. We have coffee mugs, phone cases, tote bags, notebooks. There are also plenty of t-shirts and tanks for the summer. Starting June 13th and running through the 27th, all t-shirts are $15. And there's 15% off everything. And there's free shipping on orders over $45. If you have been waiting to grab yourself some Wheel of Time merch, your time is coming. Third, we love you guys, really. Thank you for all the support you have given and for keeping us company on the road to Tarvalon. <laughs> she just curls up in a tiny ball. She's such a good dog, I'm so happy with her. Okay. So, chapter 43, Decisions and Apparitions, mm -hmm. full spoilers. Here we go. So, I'm going to make this part quick because it's it's just something that I was thinking about as I was reading this. Mm -hmm. Portals in literature happen for forever. Mm -hmm. So, the Epic of Gilgamesh was over, over 4,000 years old, mm -hmm. but I mean... We see it so often in our own, you know, our own time in fantasy and mm -hmm. fiction and science fiction. We just talked about how you are thinking of sci-fi mm -hmm. when they're going through the ways. And I was thinking about Alice in Wonderland, mm -hmm. like, falling through. Or Outlander when Claire Frazier is, like, going through the stones. Mm -hmm. And... I really think that Robert Jordan has this affinity for physics and this idea of creating bridges that connect different spaces mm -hmm. and times because it pops up so often mm -hmm. in Wheel of Time. Mm -hmm. Each time we're presented with this fast travel option, mm -hmm. like the ways or portal stones, etc. Our characters are also given a conflict to overcome while using them, mm -hmm. and I'm thankful for that. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> but uh -huh. it can also get kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all the same thing, really. Mm -hmm. But he had to throw in little curveballs to make a challenge. Mm -hmm. So the ways they can't travel anymore because Machin Shin, so that gets cut off, right? Mm -hmm. And then the portal stones, they can't use very often because they completely lose track of time when they're in there. Mm -hmm. And he probably didn't want to write flicker a thousand times <laughs> on a page, you know, well, every also, so many chapters. There are only so many of them. And mm -hmm. a lot of them, the runes are really hard to read or they're worn off mm -hmm. and nobody really knows how to read them. So it's basically the luck. next challenge. Yeah, yeah. is to figure, figure it out. So mm -hmm. they're unreliable. At best. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then with skimming, like, if you fall off the platform, like, what happened to the golem? Right. Was that with the golem? Uh -huh. Where you yeah. just fall. That's how, that's how Matt got rid of him. You fall for eternity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this Goldilocks situation where Robert Jordan was like, okay, like, this would be cool. 
But then he kind of writes himself into a box Mm -hmm. where he's like, oh, shit, well, we can't use this every time because then it'll just be too easy. Mm -hmm. So he has to keep inventing more and Mm -hmm. more different ways to travel until we finally get to the gateway gateways Mm -hmm. and and traveling with a capital T. Mm -hmm. And oh. How thankful was I when gateways were just like, okay, we're just doing this yep, now. Yeah. Like, no more of this, you know, flickering and weird time problems. And I'm like, okay, like, let's just go. And I think this might have been one of the main problems with what some people would call the slog mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we had all of these characters stuck in different places and mm-hmm. they couldn't fast travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. We were like stuck there for books for way so, too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, I don't know, just some thoughts. It's funny too because. After I added my notes in yesterday, I was reading through yours and I had I said almost the same thing about how thankful are we that we move from the ways to all these different forms of being able to travel and travel faster and make it easier for things to happen in the series. And I think the only thing that I wanted to say is in line with how each thing has its limitations mm-hmm. and the coolest thing about gateways is how they can be used as a weapon as Mm -hmm. well. And Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's intentional or sometimes not intentional, it's still kind of neat how it has all of these different. You can make like a bomb out of it. Like Avienda did Mm -hmm. or, or was it Elaine? It was Elaine Um, as she was trying to pull apart mm -hmm. the gateway and then it exploded. And also the fact like you have to know where you are to get to the next place. So then you exactly. have like traveling grounds that establish themselves. See, But do you see what he did? He mm-hmm. made it like a little bit safer. Like it was challenging, but not too challenging yep. to where we had to find a new mode of transportation. Right. After. Or it took like <laughs> chapters and chapters and books and books to figure mm-hmm. out how to get to the next thing. So yeah, I I think he did a really good job of building up to that traveling, that quick traveling ability. And I I'm thinking he's probably had that idea since the very beginning considering the pl- prologue. And I the, don't. You don't <laughs> think so? Cuz he mentions he mentions like traveling he- with a capital T. In the oh, prologue. Oh, 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 the traveling probably, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he planned each one out all in advance. I see what you're like, saying. I feel like maybe he got like the first three books and he was like, okay, the ways, and then maybe like portal stones. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, he kind of grew his garden worth of new options and ideas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think it was all like day one, but no gateways yeah because that's talked about you know in the age of legends Mm -hmm. and even is in the prologue do they talk about Mm -hmm. it yeah okay it's mentioned it's traveling with a capital t i keep like drawing it out with my finger like it helps (laughs) or like i'm on sesame street today's Uh, letter mm -hmm. but yeah that's it for this chapter Mm -hmm. cool uh let's see here i had like just some side thoughts on some mm-hmm. of the things that happened in chapter 44 Egwene heading straight to bella when they're getting ready to leave there there's no mm-hmm. other horse for her as far as things it's her emotional support right <laughs> i mean she even creates a bella for herself to ride 
when mm-hmm. she figures out how to do the the yes. the split she's like i mean what other horse was she going when to she's choose? skimming right yeah she's like no or no it's no, where she, she like was cuts, make, she make mm-hmm. she enters teleron riad in the flesh basically mm-hmm. i think that's how it gets explained but she mm-hmm. she chooses bella then and one of the things that i i thought of was a discussion that we had a while back where it was like it's too bad a queen never got a chance to like really be a young woman and i was like wouldn't mm-hmm. it be kind of sweet i mean it, it's super sad in the book that bella dies at the end but mm-hmm. then the wheel of time companion says that she didn't really die she's okay and i was like but what if what if bella and a queen had been able to have like this weird afterlife they're now heroes of the horn right? and <laughs> riding bella. off into the sunset together <laughs> that would have made my heart so much happier but i mean whatever then more <laughs> oh my god maureen telling basil gill to contact cherry and Sedai. I about lost it when I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Just go tell, you know, the Black Aja what we're up to. Yeah, let them know everything that's transpired and uh, as much as you can. Thankfully, uh, it never gets back to Basil Gill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, he... He survives. Yeah. So, I mean, but <laughs> it's it not just... like she came and got him, but it, it could have been bad. Yeah. Because if Sheriam could follow Moraine. And she probably and knew where she is. Was going. I mean, Moraine was the one in New Spring who suggested adding Sheriam to their mm-hmm. hunt for the Dragon Reborn. And Moraine and was like, was, no, was she's Swan a blabbermouth. who was like, nope. Nope, can't do it. So I can totally see Maureen having Sheriam as a confidant and somebody who she keeps in contact with to some extent or another in the White Tower. They were accepted together. They have a bit of a friendship together. They're both Blue Aja, so they keep that connection. They explicitly trust her, though, to, Mm -hmm. like, Take care of things. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, oh, wow. Black Aja everywhere. Shiriam has been playing so many sides mm-hmm. and controlling things from behind the scenes mm-hmm. more often than not until the very end. Mm-hmm. Is she the last one that Egwene finds? I don't because remember. she catches her in a lie. I think she might be one of the last ones. Yeah, I, honest, I honestly don't remember. I think I only read the book where that happened like once oh, or yeah, twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she ends up being one of the Aes Sedai that is executed when Egwene does her Black Aja White Tower purge. Yeah, I'd have to look it up exactly when it was, what book, but I think I, I vaguely remember her catching Shiriam in a lie mm-hmm. and then stilling and then executing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but Shiriam was one for me where up until the split with the tower and then Shiriam's almost seems to be like a double agent. She's going back and forth. That was the only time that I was kind of like, mm, mm-hmm. what's going on with her? Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it was to the extent of what it was. I thought mm-hmm. maybe she was just like a double agent really working for Elida. Mm-hmm. No, I was yeah. wrong. <laughs> I w- I was, she was working for someone way more uh, <laughs> I was <horrible. laughs> shocked. I was shocked when I found out that about her. It was one of those amazing twists that mm-hmm. I had 
no idea was coming and through like so much of the series like she's introduced here somebody who's going to be helpful Mm -hmm. she's mistress of the novices and she's firm but she's not awful that's our other thing yeah and our other thing about our mistress of novices theory that since the mistress of novices are so often black aja Mm -hmm. that they're just keeping the numbers lower they're intentionally on- calling out women who could become Aes Sedai. Yeah, by saying like, oh, she's not strong enough, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of her. And we just learned in one of our chapters that Baal Zaman was like, hey, by the way, I've been behind the scenes in the White Tower with the Black Aja for what? Yeah. What did it say? 2,000 years? I think so. Yeah. We had asked ourselves, how long before New Spring was this going on? Mm-hmm. And now I feel like we have an answer. Exactly. (laughs) A long ass time. Yeah. Holy cow. Holy cow. Just think of how how much opportunity that they have had to make the numbers smaller, Mm -hmm. kill women within the tests for the shawl, turning girls away, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen this, the keeper and and or mistress of novices being of the Black Aja and the influence they have over who mm-hmm. does what and who goes where and it's yes. just this is this is how we feel about it. I'm, I'm i think we're right <laughs> i feel like we are i feel i feel like we are it may even be a, a proven somewhere but i feel like we're right so we say goodbye to gil for now thank you and he <laughs> is not kidding when he says he's a good queen's man holy cow i will not get mm-hmm. into it because we will read about him in the future i'm so glad he comes back the way mm-hmm. that he does he's such a sweet character to me when they're entering the ways and randa describing how it feels this isn't like we had mentioned before how this shows up in other places in sci-fi fantasy but there are also places that i kind of see it show up again in the series so like when they walk through the fog around ruidian when you walk into a steading there's a physical Mm -hmm. experience that makes things feel different Mm -hmm. and the red stone doorways as well have like that flash of light Mm -hmm. that gives it a really clear indication you are leaving one place of the known and going into a place of the unknown and i Mm -hmm. like it as a literary tool and how jordan applies it throughout the series it's just a little observation i've got um i wrote something down that can kind of like segue right into this Mm. when rand pulls the thorn or the splinter out of his hand Mm -hmm. was he in the world of dreams or was he somewhere else i feel like there might be an inconsistency here because you can't I thought you couldn't take things with you physically. That's That was one of the things that I had kind of wondered about as well. And I'm thinking about how does Nynaeve take down Mo Gideon with the... With she feeds her fork root teeth. Like, in, in, the, in the dream, though, right? And mm-hmm. then doesn't she put an odd dem on her? Yeah, but she brought it with her, I thought. Was she there physically? So and I, then don't, like- I don't remember. I don't remember. But I do... I feel the same way about the inconsistencies. When I first... It's really hard. We're going to have to like have our magnifying glass out yeah. when we get to some of these chapters. Because that was my first thought, too, was how is that even possible that Ron... Mm-hmm. Ron... That Ron <laughs> was able to bring back a splinter. Mm-hmm. And there have been other things along the way, too, where 
a crow came out and mm-hmm. pierced his eye in the dream and he wakes up and he's totally fine and then there have but been other time, moments yeah yeah he's pricked Bleeding. his finger he's felt like his face is sunburned so there have been mm-hmm. several inconsistencies and i think this is another area where jordan is still figuring it out and again mm-hmm. he wasn't expecting any of us to pull apart <laughs> you angry nerds <laughs> I love to remind myself of that sometimes because I feel like I'm taking it too seriously and then I'm like, Tracy, he wasn't expecting this. Stop shaking your fist at the man. But it's all but it's also like a, a letter of love. It totally know? is. I mean, how crazy is it to have something like this and be like, I'm gonna pull all of this apart because it just feels so real. It feels mm-hmm. so it feels it's like joyous. It, I, it's fun. That's a perfect word. It's joyous. I love that. I am curious. This is more of a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Would there be a reason for the ways to feel familiar to Rand in regards to connections in his past life slash lives? And you're rubbing your hands together. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think he has a connection to it because he's already been there in his dreams. Oh. Do you remember the chapter where it was another one of the nightmare sequences, mm-hmm. but Alzaman was there, of course, of course, and he was seeing screaming faces melted into the stone. Mm-hmm. This is exactly like in the ways the Trollocs faces that were their bodies had turned into, into the, the stone. stone. And Maureen was like, oh, it's probably a trap that the male channelers, <laughs> you know, left. So is it possible that like, that's where he was having some of these meetings? Like- Possibly. I mean, he does talk about how, like, there are ramps leading to other places, and it's yeah. very maze-like. But in your dreams, like, that feels like a very dreamlike place where mm-hmm. you wouldn't question this, you know, like, why are, why are there islands and bridges, and mm-hmm. why is everything weird? Yeah. You're dreaming or having a nightmare. I don't know. Why would Baalzaman pull him to the ways in his dream? Like, that's a weird meeting place, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't yes, know. I'm, I'm trying to think about it because yes and no. Like, yes, because yes. But no, because it's an unsettling place, whether it's mm. completely dark or somehow lit from Baalzaman's fiery eyes. The next question. If you visit the ways in the world of dreams, Mm -hmm. is Ma Chin Shin still there? Isn't there something that pops up (laughs) later on that says that you can't visit the ways through Teleronria? I feel like that might be. Although Baalzaman could have just taken the... His concept, vision yeah, of, and turned yeah, it into like, like a dream it. shard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think that's possible. Okay, cool. This is too much. I, I got to move on. But I love my... it. I love it. Thank you because I yeah. was like, is there a reason for him to feel like that's like I always see those things and I'm like, is there? Because I'm looking hmm. for the thing that comes in later on that might tie into this later on, but I just don't remember anything connecting to this. And then we already talked about how thankful we are that. We get into gateways after going through this crazy waygate travel mm-hmm. experience. And I did actually, there's one other travel method that gets brought into the series, and that's the steam powered wagons that get created okay, through one so of not, school. 
non-magical non-magical so we have we have all of these new ways of travel that have Mm -hmm. been brought into the westlands and the last battle has now been fought and everybody's gonna go hang out and go on massive vacations yes (laughs) yes but it's also the idea of expanding knowledge and familiarity because we see so much early on in the series that nobody knows anything about the areas around them as much as they could. Like there's a limit to how far they can and or are willing and able to travel. It shows up in the very beginning at the small mindedness Mm -hmm. of the people from Emmons Field. They haven't traveled. Yeah. They don't believe in Trollocs. They haven't seen the evils Mm -hmm. of the world. And as much as having access to travel is a good thing, Mm -hmm. they're pretty lucky being cut off <laughs> in their own way <laughs> but True. yeah as a as a as a point for learning yeah mm-hmm. definitely that this would really open up the world to them mm-hmm. i appreciate that possibly because i i am a fan and encourager that's a word supporter of travel and that's really all that i have on that chapter the only thing and we kind of touched on this earlier is will we get the ways in the show and i'm assuming you said yes probably because i didn't write that (laughs) there's a link if you want to click it someone has found a photo of a set piece that was built for supposedly the wheel of time and people have speculated that that will be one of the way gates That's or cool. a portal stone. If it's so. a portal stone, it's way off from like the actual description of the portal stone. And I mean, in a way, it's kind of convenient that it's open in the middle because then you can put a green you can just screen walk there. Right through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And create all the things that you would need to through CG. I actually was looking for something like this when I was on the internet the other night and i couldn't find it thank you so much for finding this yay oh my gosh put a link to it in the show notes if you want to see it but it's from what series my uh my heart just fluttered a little (laughs) i'm really to the builders i'm so excited about the show that's cool i like how this looks and we were talking about the production designer for this the show i'm so excited about it i'm so excited Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to stop. This is something I, too, am excited to see. I think, obviously, this photo, mm-hmm. like, my the wheels are turning, and I'm like, oh, look, th- I'm thinking of all the things that they could do with this. But then I'm also thinking about, like, our in our older episode where we were talking about the designer, Andre. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say his last name. Neither do I. It's in the Welcome to the Camelin episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just seeing some of the stuff that he's worked on, seeing this photo of the Waygate, if it is a Waygate. The scope of it is really incredible. And it makes so much more sense for them to be able to fit through there on a horse, like to be able to ride through that gate on a horse. And yes. they're built yes. for the Ogier, so of course they're going to be really big. And for yeah. some odd reason in my head, yes. they're always yes. kind of like these <laughs> these small, dainty things. And mm-hmm. this is so much more magnificent and appropriate than what my mental image was. Yeah, the only difference with that, like it's obviously not, in a cellar right but it doesn't need to be in a cellar no that's it that's can just movie be this magic weird, 
Yeah, it can just be this weird megalith mm-hmm. that people are like, what's this stone doing here? It looks weird. Yeah. You know? I love it. Thank you for finding that. Thank you for finding that. Yay. And that's it. That's all I've got for 44. Okay. 45. <laughs> what was- follows the shadow? I love this so much. When I saw your question, I had to keep my hand away from the keyboard. I was like, no, talk about it in the podcast. Just wait. Yeah, that's why I just left it at that. I was like, I'm not even going to write it all down because I, I might need to do this live. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to kind of format in my head why this chapter, despite the action and tense moments, I felt this like disconnect, mm-hmm. maybe. I wasn't really scared. I love how Machin Shin is creepy and eerie. Mm-hmm. And the description of being inside the ways was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's just maybe that this is like very heavy, heavy, heavy plot armor. Mm-hmm. Because in the same chapter, we learn like, hey, by the way, Tom is most likely definitely alive. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okay. Well, the first person that we thought was like oh no he's dead they're Mm -hmm. like or we're just gonna bring him back right and then and then you're like supposed to believe that someone's gonna die from this black wind Mm -hmm. moraine ain't going anywhere rand matt perrin they're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. i could see i maybe they could have got rid of Egwene or nynaeve on my first read i didn't know how important they would be to the story right now on my second read, this is like a struggle because I already know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was one thing that I noticed and it kind of made me think about in terms of the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the things that's kind of missing mm-hmm. is these caring, heartfelt moments between the women. Mm. We also have a lot of mentoring moments. We had this moment in this chapter where Nynaeve was physically comforting Egwene, Mm -hmm. crying. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we were missing the words Mm. that maybe, I don't know, like I would like to see these women talking to each other Mm -hmm. and helping each other instead of kind of being snippy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't really get this up until like I had read New Spring with you. Mm-hmm. These moments between Moraine and Swan were, were very heartfelt and caring. And then as it carries on, I think the only other relationship that we get these moments like that are maybe Avienda and Elaine. But it's mostly just when they're going through their, I don't know what you want to call it, their adoption of each other. First sisters? sister. Yeah, ceremony? first sister ceremony. Huh. I don't know. I think, like, no, I, I think this is a really solid observation because I'm kind of looking through how right off the bat when mm-hmm. novices arrive in the White Tower, how they're kind of like belittled and pushed down and made to feel like... The grunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're not given an opportunity to be lifted up and encouraged. It's definitely not this like uplifting, yeah, encouraged. Yeah, there's just, it's almost this constant tough love approach where, Mm -hmm. I mean, think about, who is it, Galena Caspin, 
breaking uh, Tarna Fear's block by beating her. And mm-hmm. then Elida comes in and she's like, oh, I'm going to help you get ready for your test for the shawl. And they need healing in the morning because she mm-hmm. has beat them so badly. Mm-hmm. There definitely does seem to be a layer of tenderness and mentoring that happens between the men, which is refreshing truthfully right like i'm just thinking of tom with the boys was kind of like before he went out in his like blaze of glory you know he's like giving them his harp and flute Mm -hmm. and his belongings but this happens so often within the series that there is confusion Mm -hmm. with not being open and saying what you're feeling Mm -hmm. and then things get muddled and confused Mm -hmm. and it creates tension and sure that works really well for like a narrative like plot pusher yeah but as a woman reader Mm -hmm. sometimes I want to feel like you know like what are these girls saying behind the scenes like Mm -hmm. what are Nynaeve and Egwene talking about when the boys are off joking around before they're ready to go to bed Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of like oh like I kind of I kind of miss that like maybe that would have been something really cool (laughs) well and i'm i'm hopeful with the the series the tv series it feels as though there is going to be a more even distribution of observations and Mm -hmm. that'll be nice because yeah i feel as though we lose something when we're just so focused on right and i mean like moraine is tough she is hard she says what she's thinking she gets right to the point Mm -hmm. we get this tough exterior but Mm -hmm. we also got to see her as a young woman and I mean is it not like a really wonderful well-written book and I think I enjoy it so much is because we get to see this tender side of her Mm -hmm. trying to help these women having in-depth conversations with them Mm -hmm. about their lives Mm -hmm. and Swan just being so close and connected and open with each other Mm -hmm. and then like we get to the main series and it's like we're not going to talk about anything (laughs) yeah and every I'm, I'm seriously trying to go through various relationships to see Maybe Isla with a queen. Oh, yeah. She she at least yeah. like she she does. We don't get to hear the conversation, right? But we at least are told that they've had these conversations mm-hmm. on what it means to be a woman. In one way, there's this really positive, like strong female characters, mm-hmm. but you can also be like soft and caring and mm-hmm. talking about your emotions, and also be a strong female character. And I think that's one of the reasons why. Fail gets so much flack. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, where are these tender moments? Mm-hmm. There could certainly be a few more of them. And mm-hmm. the, the ones that there are feel kind of awkward sometimes. And I'm like, I didn't really need this moment of intimacy that is attempting towards something. Are you talking about igloo sex or? One of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's That's definitely one of them. <laughs> we won't get into that. But I see what you're saying, and I agree with you. And it's interesting that you should bring this up, because I was just meeting with one of my very dear friends yesterday, and she was talking about... She's in her 60s, and she's mm-hmm. talking about how the pandemic has made her look at things differently, in particular, gender relationships. Okay. And she was like, do you know what I've noticed? And I was like, what? And she was like, women are not very good at supporting other women. And I was like, yeah. It's a 
depends on who you know. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's very true. But I mean, in particular, like specific areas, it's almost as though there's this competitive nature and mm. it's almost self-preservation driven because that's this is true yeah this is true and because I'm, like I, when you're fighting upstream anyways it's like it's like you gotta do what you gotta do yeah. uh by the way watch flack it's so good it's on amazon prime sophie it's sophie okanado i think it's okanado nido n-e-d-o she is glorious in that show she is glorious she's so good i can't wait to watch the second season anyway I love that this gives us an opportunity to talk about gender dynamics, both in the book and how it does reflect, at least to a certain extent, real life. I think mm -hmm. and hope we're, we're leaning more towards where men can feel comfortable being vulnerable, um, mm -hmm. because I think that allows for a lot of emotional healing on every spectrum if it's okay to cry it's okay to cry that lets it out and we can talk about mm -hmm. it and have emotions and feelings and that doesn't feel like it gets explored as deeply as it could in some of the relationships we have here well i think like the male bonding in the series mm -hmm. is great and we we got a lot of it but like i want the i want the girl time maybe yeah as well. i'm even thinking about how bitchy cad swain is like, she would make mm -hmm. an amazing role model, and instead she's like, fog this and fog that. <laughs> I, yeah. I want her to it's... come in as, like, mentor extraordinaire, and instead she's like, mm -hmm. you're barely worth my time. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't like that. What I think is important is if you have knowledge, if you have a passion, if you can help something, step in and do it instead of treating Even, people like crap. Yeah. Even when the women are on equal levels, you know, and there's no deference, like within the White Tower, you're just friends or whatever. But mm -hmm. like the relationship between Egwene and Nynaeve, like really upset me towards the end. Mm -hmm. There's just moments where I'm like, wow, like, did they just not care? I guess they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she didn't care. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. And I, as far as, the, the purpose for the ways and why they mattered and it doesn't scare you on a, on a reread because you know everybody survives. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think we're supposed to expect anyone to not make it. At least that's never how I felt. But I think when I first started the series, I was like, oh, this guy died right off the bat. Cool. It's not going to be one of those books where everyone makes it till the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, Egwene mm -hmm. dies, but I had spoiled myself. So that wasn't a shock either. Right. And it doesn't even happen until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. So but at the very end, like so many people die, like mm -hmm. Davram Bashir, Suwan, like it, you know, like it goes on and right. on. There's so yeah. many. There's so many. Um, I think I think it was supposed to be more a tool to show the foe that they're fighting, the forces against them, mm -hmm. the maneuverability of the Trollocs, and that there is now another layer of danger to this this space that they're in, and the world is not safe. Like, had mm -hmm. they not made this travel through the ways, they might still be trying to figure out how the Trollocs were able to get to Emmonsfield or how to get to Camelin, and they wouldn't be able to tell Algomar to come lock up this damn gateway and guard it. So mm -hmm. I think I think that's more the reason why it is the way it is. Like you said, there's always a challenge to overcome, and mm -hmm. there's always another layer of it to get past. So I think that's kind of why it's there and plus 
Jordan had to do something to make it so that they could get to the place that they needed to be as fast as possible. And I think this is actually really great. I think it's so creative, but it's always kind of confused me. Also, okay. quick question, because I know we have just a short amount of time. Do the ways clear up when the taint is taken off of Sadine? Ooh, good question. Good question. I, f- mm-hmm. I don't know if I know, but I'm interested. Okay, we'll save that for later because I know we're Yeah, maybe we're on we a, just need to do like a 101 on the The various travel. forms of travel. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm pretty much down for any kind of 101, but <laughs> <laughs> that one would be exceptionally fun. Okay. How much? I'm going to make this fast. Do it. Go. Okay. Faldara, chapter 46. First thing that comes to mind, I was so hyped for this. We get the scene of the derelict farms and they're empty and they're like, huh, where did everyone go? Mm-hmm. Well, they've all taken refuge inside the walls of Shinar. And then we've got the actual description of the walls of Shinar and they are ugly. Mm-hmm. They are just there for protection, mm-hmm. not something pretty That's to look it. at. Nope. And that is also reflected when we are given the description of the horse's armor. Mm-hmm. And the word they used to describe it was grotesque. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that really sets the stage. You come up into this town, this fortified city, mm-hmm. and there are men, not just like a handful of men, like in Camelin, on the towers, they have like big groups of mm-hmm. men in full armor, Mm -hmm. horses with spikes on them, ready to charge Mm -hmm. at the drop of a pin. Any given moment. Yeah. And for them to call the horses armor grotesque, Mm -hmm. like, ooh, I'm so excited to see what they do Mm -hmm. in the TV show. Okay. I'm like, I can't stop smiling. No, because like (laughs) when when that part came up as a description, I highlighted it also because it said every man had at least – a sword, a mace, and, like, something else. Like, they are yes. geared the fuck up to go yes. fight. And I was like, yes. yes. They're just, yes. they're warriors in the most mm-hmm. ultimate sense that the word can be taken. They are warriors. And I fucking yes. love them. They even mentioned that the children don't stray to play. Like, the mothers had set them up on, like, like on a the stone cart. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like up kind of elevated mm-hmm. and the kids aren't allowed to move. Mm-hmm. It has a whole different feel and I love it. Mm-hmm. And you already talked about the moat with like the razor inside a dry moat. So there's no water, nope. just like shards of like they're, piercing they're, metal. Yeah. Poles as tall as mm-hmm. a man with piercing razor blade sharp edges on them we get to hear the noises from within the city and the forge fires are (laughs) they're quote roaring Mm -hmm. and i loved that Mm -hmm. they say that there are men you know working the forges and fletching arrows Mm -hmm. like without end Mm -hmm. so they just don't stop and they can't quit and the boys running from the from the smithy to the farrier so that the horses could be like constantly having their their shoes taken care of and whatnot like it is it is bustling it's hopping and i love i love that chaos and the sound of it that comes to mind it is 
It is a din of activity. And then even when they get into Lord Agelmar's, it's like a sitting chamber. He has his entire plate of armor and weapons like (laughs) up on the wall, ready to go. Mm -hmm. So like he could be, you know, like having tea. Mm -hmm. Here's a horn. Mm -hmm. And then like he's geared up, you know, swords, mace, full body armor, like Mm -hmm. out the door. And I just listened to the prologue of Towers of Midnight from Mm. the battle at Heath Tower. Mm -hmm. We don't really get to see the battle, but something that caught my eye is in the Borderlands, all of their, I think it's like the windows from a certain room face north Mm -hmm. towards the blight. Mm -hmm. And I just thought like, oh, so cool. Chills. So many good. I just love being in the Borderlands. I just love it. Hot on Fane is like, rancid rancid Mm -hmm. when he's like screaming like he made me his hound he made me his hound and I don't remember if it's this chapter or if I'm remembering it from another chapter he was like whipped like a dog and forced to eat like grubs and worms as he ran while he was chasing Mm -hmm. after Rand and Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh my god that's so disgusting yeah so that's so much more gross and unsettling than much dehumanizing. Yes, yeah, yes. Because in scary. his case, he remembers that he was something before. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have something like that happen to you, there's a before. He didn't lose his soul. He didn't necessarily lose his mind or his awareness of self. Mm-hmm. But he is definitely now someone's bitch, if you will. And he is mm-hmm. not the dark a fan. ones. The Dark One's Aaron boy. Yeah. And his combination with more death, like that mm. combination of this extreme narcissist with someone who is just... He's, yeah, he's having a bit of a identity crisis mm-hmm. where he's like phasing in and out of different characters. Yeah. He's Pot and Fane. He's the Dark One's Hound. Hound. He's... More death. death. Yeah. I believe they're like, oh, he's a Lugarder from his accent or something. But as he's talking, even his manner of speech is changing. Yeah. Yeah. The way he holds himself, the way that he addresses Lord Algomar changes. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you can see in this moment, because we don't really ever get to talk to More Death or experience what he did to corrupt Eridol, which became Shadar Lagoth. Mm-hmm. But you get a taste of it here. Like he addresses the man he knows is in charge, flatters him, tells him he has valuable information. He's doing what he needs to do. Ooh, the next to chapters get... are going to be so good. They're going to be so good. I can't believe we're so <laughs> close to the end of the book. And I, I, Pot and Fane fascinates me here. Yeah. And then I just, because we know. We know Ingtar at this point mm-hmm. is a dark friend. So Lan even mentioned something like Ingtar thinks that he could fight the blight back himself mm-hmm. or whatever. But is he overcompensating? Well, I almost wonder if there is some pressure by dark friends to get these men into fighting their big attack on the blight sooner than later and then just wiping them out before like Tarman Gaiden even happens like get rid of the whole force mm-hmm. and then some of the best warriors are gone yeah like what is Ingtar's plan I guess what was he in charge of what was his role as a dark friend right and I think I mean especially with Sherry I remember one of the 
reasons why she became a dark friend was to gain power. And mm-hmm. she never suspected that she would be called on to do some of the really awful things that dark friends are mm-hmm. called on to do. And perhaps Inktar was in a similar position. The same situation. Yeah, I did a little I did a little reading on him and I really want to talk about him more when we get to book two. Okay. But there's something Good. about his <laughs> I do. There's something about his intellect that has kind of driven him into thinking that success on the side of the light is impossible. And so in some ways he's showing this incredibly optimistic exterior while living in this incredibly pessimistic mind space. Oh, and as a dark friend. So that probably sucks oh. right about now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yep. he's a very interesting paradox of mm-hmm. emotions. And one of the things that I really liked, I looked him up on the Wheel of Time wiki and it says affiliation light. And so that just really did. Yeah. Yeah. That just made me really happy. So anyway, um, see, we wouldn't have gotten there with all that flicker, flicker, flicker. Right. Like things, (laughs) things happen for a reason. Things happen for a reason. I don't really have anything else that like we absolutely have to talk about. I'm sure anything else will like come back in later things. How are we on time? We're almost at two hours. Okay. Um, the, for next week, I definitely want to go into a little bit about Lan. Ooh. Because there's no, so Amber, much that I don't want I didn't, to. There's so much that I didn't really get to say today mm-hmm. about Lan and this whole situation where he is stuck kind of like shucking his oaths. And, you know, the whole like cup crushing moment is him mm. clearly knowing that he became a warder to get out of his duties or maybe not to get out, but to serve postpone. It. Yeah. 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 His duties as the King of Malkir. And this has to be gut wrenching for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave this episode on a really fun note. <laughs> Yay, I love fun notes. Moraine is like, okay, Aglemar, we are going to the eye of the world. And he's like, please, Aes Sedai, please let me send you, fi- <laughs> send fighting men with you. You only have one warrior mm-hmm. and he means land. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at the group of the boys, looks at Perrin and he's like, okay, maybe you have two. Mm-hmm. Like, burn. She just called <laughs> Matt and Rand like worthless. Basically. <laughs> <Or he> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's funny because this is also another like physical description we are getting of how beefy Perrin mm-hmm. is in comparison mm-hmm. with Rand. And Rand is supposed to be big too. Mm-hmm. So like like we said, Perrin is a thick boy. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting where Rand's going to be as far as his skills as a swordsman. Mm-hmm. One of my very favorite moments in the series happens at the opening of the second book and I can't wait to get to it. I don't I don't want to say anything more. There are so many things we could say. <laughs> That's why we have to have time limits. Yeah. So yeah, I I thank you. Thank you for for a happy note. That was lovely. Oh. Good. Perfect timing. The jangles of Eleanor. The jangles. And thanks again to our patron <laughs> our patrons. You guys are the best. Thank you, thank you. And yeah. That's it. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.